The sun is shining in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello again, everybody. This is Harry Carey. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. Live. Bryant sends one to deep left. Way back. It is gone. A three-run homer. In the entertainment capital of the world. Didn't matter what the count was. It's the T.C. Martin Show. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Oh, my goodness. That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. T.C. Martin. Way back in my feet. It could be. Cobweb. 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 Holy cow. Look at the left fielder. He had the ball there. He had that one. And here comes the cow out on the field. is now in. Glad to have you with us on this Wednesday. Talk a little baseball today. Chris Bazio will join us. The former pitcher himself, the Mariners, the Brewers, and of course, pitching coach with several teams, including those Chicago Cubs from the 2016 season, where he still sports that World Series ring, but that team looks nothing like this version of the Cubs. So we'll talk to Bazio today. And uh, talk about the Cubs doing all these shipping and no receiving back. When will this franchise be good again? So look forward to talking with him about that. Plenty more baseball to talk about. We've got Olympics. Brian Salmon will join us today. Raiders training camp. Our good friend from over at News 3, the sports director there. So a lot on the table today. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank, Numchuck, other side of the glass, Roland. On a Wednesday. Well, yeah, you're rolling. You're getting ready to roll out of town again for a little uh, mm-hmm. split vacay uh, weekends. Uh, so I uh, hope you enjoy that. And you know how you can tell that that open is old? Not only because you hear Harry Carey on it, but the Cubs won. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because it hit the house. Well, the house is still there. even The house is it, there. It's, it's yeah. got bleachers on top of it now. They're, they're, right. They capitalize on everything. Right. I, and I believe that was a ball that Dave Kingman hit. I believe I remember that call when it happened. I think that was a Kingman shot. I don't think Harry was doing the Cubs when yeah, Kingman was there. Maybe it wasn't. Because Harry was still with the White Sox. I do remember Kingman hitting a house before. Yeah, because Brickhouse, Jack Brickhouse was doing that when uh, was the – Announced play-by-play yeah. broadcaster. Jack Brickhouse, that's, Lloyd Pettit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. I think it, that was a Sammy Sosa shot. It might have been. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, but, yeah, <laughs> but, but, but I do know that, um, yeah, you're right. When Harry was over on the south side, he did the games with Jimmy Pearsall. That's right. From Fear Strikes Out, uh, the movie and that, uh, yeah. all-star with the Boston Red Sox. They still claim that Jimmy Pearsall never made a wrong decision on the field. So, like, when he would question a, a fielder, like, throwing to the wrong base mm. or something like that, and they'd be like, oh, like, you never made a mistake? And he'd be like... Yeah, technically, and that I didn't because when I was a kid, basically his father whooped his butt if he if he if he made a, a mental error. So mm-hmm. right, <laughs> right. Oh uh, yeah, Wrigley Field. I mean, again, like we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks, I really miss going to Wrigley Field, and that would usually be like my vacation spot, you know, to go. But not not going that way uh, this time. Like I said, going to Houston uh, to go check out uh, the Astros, check out uh, the Minute Maid Park, of course, Dusty Baker. So looking forward to. Spending some time, uh, you know, with him again. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to this, and I'm looking for food tips. Like I said, and the food tips have already started coming in. So anyone that is from Houston, been to Houston, they've got some good food tips for me. Bring it on. Whether you call the show here today, hit me on Twitter at TC Martin Twenty One. Go ahead. I'm I, I I'm all ears. You know, seven zero two 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 one. 7283. Now, have you bothered? Are you one of the people when you go someplace, do you check the weather as well and see what the weather is going to be? Because I know it's generally hot and humid down mm-hmm. in Houston, mm-hmm. but is there rain or anything? Is it going to be unseasonably warm? Do you check that sort of stuff before you uh, pack and get ready to hit the road? That is so funny that you bring that up. And I do. I always check the weather because I, I want to know how to dress and that sort of thing. And we did not rehearse this before the show. Not, this is just no, totally just. Not at all, of course. Two guys. 
guys yakking. This is what we do. Yakking <laughs> about uh, sports, food, and weather, uh, all the things that we love. Maybe we should but, call the show Yakety Yak. Uh, don't talk back. <laughs> and then you'd have Bill Cartwright with the coasters. And, you know, when we do our, our music show, I'm sure that, you know, uh, he'll want to chime in and, and, and request that song. But anyway, yes, I always check the weather. However, I have not checked the Houston weather as of yet. And the reason being, I think because I know that most of the games will be indoors because Houston does have the retractable roof and it's inside. And I'm really not a big fan of of indoor baseball. Sat through it in Milwaukee, but I really loved those days in Milwaukee when they would open the roof. Yeah. And that was great. And again, you know. I I do like retractable roofs better. Much better. They probably cost a lot more and sometimes there's delays in that. But yeah, because you can still, you can have outdoor baseball, but if the necessity comes up, you don't have to miss a game and try to reschedule something Mm -hmm. because of a rainout. So I I, I do like that convenience and availability. Mm -hmm. And if Vegas ever got a team, uh, all the rumor and, well, basically, not even rumor, basically everybody says, Point blank, they will have to have a retractable roof. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to. But you know, back to your, your weather situation, I, I did get a, uh, a a text earlier uh, from my wife, and she had said, "Hey," she goes, "Have you checked the weather yet?" And I go, "No, I haven't." She goes, "Well, I, I got a a advisory uh, came on her phone or something like that because she follows like the Astros and other things of that nature, and said, "Yeah, there's a weather advisory for Houston, so you better check that out." So I'm going, okay, what could that possibly be? Well, hopefully it's not a hurricane or something <laughs> like that. Right. You know, be, because those do hit down there. Right. I, I haven't heard of it. I don't think it's hurricane season right now. No, I, I wouldn't think so. But it's funny how, how you brought that up today, and now I'm uh, checking this out. So I've got to find out you know, what the weather is going to be there so I can uh, be prepared. Because I have certain, as you can see my phone here, I've got many cities that I frequent, and I, I have the weather. But I don't have Houston locked in there. So, but uh, I know 86, you know, right now, and we're looking at the weekend. 86 like, down there is pretty, I mean, that, 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 that's very comfortable yeah, for this time I of like year. that. Okay, so we've got, we got 89 tomorrow when I'm there, 77 the low. Then here come the thunder showers that you're talking about maybe here. 89 on Friday, 93 on Saturday, and uh, And Sunday, that's probably 93 94. with a lot of humidity, so. Yeah, exactly. So if, if there's not thunderstorms, it's gonna, you're going to feel like there is. Right. Right. So, yeah, not not crazy about, you know, thunderstorms in the summertime. But, again, uh, we'll make it work. No doubt about could it. Could be worse. You could be in Tokyo where the where an earthquake hit the Olympics. Earthquake hit the Olympics. <laughs> or watching that the other night. And, and I'm watching, you know, the 5,000 meters. And they're on, running on this wet track and it's pouring rain. I'm going, what's going on here? And then even the women's soccer were playing in the rain, too. Well, what I thought was even, uh, and I think it was the semifinals for the hurdles, it was raining. And I'm yeah. thinking, boy, when you're running hurdles in the rain, you know, you, you run on a track and it's it's raining. It's bad enough when it's raining, but if you're doing hurdles on that, you hit a hurdle and you slip or something. I remember one of the girls, I think she was a bronze medalist in the last Rio Olympics, wasn't really expected to compete and make the final this year, but she hit like the second to last hurdle. And when she hit the track, she not only hit it, but... She she kind of hydroplaned a little bit because of the wet surface on the track. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I mean, and man, what we've had some great races in the track and field with the men's and women's four hundred hurdles and the two hundreds and the I mean, just if you're a track and field fan, I agree with you. It is sad that it's hard to find some of this stuff. Yeah. And I finally this morning before I come here, I see boxing for the first finally. time. Finally, I hear Sean Porter doing yeah. the commentary, yeah. and I gotta tell you. I think from all the times you've had Sean on, I think he's learned some tricks from you because he was very adept at mentioning at Francisco Torres, the the super heavyweight who has made it to the gold medal final. By the way, if he wins, it'll be the first gold medal for the U.S. in super heavyweight since you know how long ago? I got to say Riddick Bowe, maybe even uh, or Shannon Briggs. Terrell? Terrell Biggs? Biggs, 1984. There it is. Okay, there it is. Yeah. 1984, yeah. For the last time that America won gold. But it, Sean's it, talking, and he had interviewed Torres, 
on his podcast, and he mentioned his podcast, and he mentioned the podcast, and then he said, by the way, uh, I'm not just mentioning my podcast just to give props to my podcast. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, well, we got some really good stuff, and he told me some really interesting things. He was valedictorian at his high school, and he's going into his history in it, yeah. but he managed to slip in his podcast like four times yeah. in a few minutes <laughs> that I watched the fight, and I'm thinking, he, he's got a little radio savvy. I remember at the Cosmopolitan when he thanked you for having him on all those times and let him hone his staff, so yeah. uh, his craft, excuse me, but yeah, but yeah so he's a, but he really knew how to slip in that podcast. That a boy, that a boy, yeah. And you're right. I mean, he has been uh, just very humble with all that, and and, and he, I told him, you know, from the very very beginning, the very first time I I had him on, going back to when I first got back to Vegas when I was doing the show at the Palms, and he just was kind of enthralled with the whole thing. And you know, we had talked about that on the air as well too. So yeah, I, I love that he's doing it. He, it's weird because a lot of people think that he's back in Tokyo. He's actually in Connecticut uh, in the studios there. Yep. Uh, you know, doing the boxing. So he's been back there a couple of weeks and, you know, we'll visit with him when the Olympics are over and to get, you know, his, you know, uh, thoughts yeah. on, on everything yeah. and, and how that all worked out. Because this is really he's done other shows, um, you know, on on Fox and, and Showtime where they kind of tried him out. But this is his, his first fledged, you know, where well, he's doing it basically every day now. Yeah. Over there. And, so, and again, good I, for him. I, Very happy. For yeah, him. I thought he did a good job. One thing that he brought up that I thought was interesting because they haven't shown a lot of boxing is yeah. they have open scoring there. Well, so they're showing the corner, it. We just haven't been able to find it. Well, yeah, they, they've been showing it on Peacock, but they have the open scoring yeah. there. So, like in the second round, he's going. Well, Torres does have a nice lead right now. You don't want to get careless. I mean, you want to still be aggressive in that. Yeah. But I mean, the corners in that can see what the score is during the bout. And I know there's been talk about doing that in pro fights and that, and mm-hmm. it seems like most people are against it. Certainly, you know, traditionalists and that kind of stuff. But it does make it interesting because it almost tells you you better go and get a knockout or yeah. something like that. So, but Torres got the win. Uh, he beat a fighter from uh, Kazakhstan, and mm-hmm. now he's uh, taking on somebody from Uzbekistan in the in the gold mm-hmm. medal final. But mm-hmm. trying to be the first super heavyweight since 1984 for mm-hmm. the USA. He did win a bronze back in 2016. So. Yeah. You talk about Terrell Biggs, 1984-88, where good friend Kenny Adams was the Olympic coach. You know, Pat Nappy uh, in 84, and Kenny was the assistant, and then Kenny was the head coach in 88 with uh, all of those. And that's when, you know, we talk about the marquee events of swimming and, you know, uh, track and field, gymnastics, basketball, but boxing back in those days, that was marquee as well, too. And you got to really to know those guys. Remember Sugar Ray Leonard going back to 72 and, and, and the list goes on, you know, 76 and all, the list just goes on and on and on. Well, and, and, and I'll date myself even a little bit more. Yeah. I remember when the great Cuban fighter, Teofalo Stevenson, oh, course, when yeah. everybody was like, if yeah. he turns pro, he'd be heavyweight champ. Now, yeah. we don't know how he would have equated to 15 rounds back then in the heavyweight division and everything, but boy, in those Olympic bouts, yeah. he was sensational. And you go back to Cassius Clay, you know, 68. You remember that as well, too. So, no, boxing was huge, and it's just too bad that it's kind of fallen by the wayside as far as an Olympic sport. And, again, a lot of that has to do with the way they've, you know, the controversy they had, especially in those 88 games, you know, that Kenny Adams has talked about so many times with Roy Jones Jr. and, you know, giving him the wrong times and the bus and just all this other nonsense. And so but just the horrendous decisions. Yeah, the scoring and, and not changes. Not to talk over you, I no, apologize. You know, no, no, so. no, but the scoring changes as well, too. Like you said, you know, before it, they judged it like a professional fight. And then remember they went to the 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 pity pat situation where they score for every time they yeah. you know it was like fencing. Yeah, it, it's it, like it, what are they doing? Yeah. Oh, he hit him with the white putter to glove, and he yes. no, he tapped him. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's you know, it's like yeah, you don't often in the Olympics in that sea, and again. I don't know if you see it at all because it's the first time I've seen any boxing in this Olympics. But, right. you know, like in a bout, you see power shots and the significant strikes and things like that. Back there, it's just like, oh, it scored a point. No, something that almost knocks you on your butt is a lot different than just let's play patty cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's touch it. You know, in, in that point is the same as some guy gets hit flush with a left hook. Yeah, it's it's crazy. All right, so we got uh, a lot of Olympics to talk about uh, today's show. Uh a little bit later on, too, I want to hit on uh, a very disturbing uh, story. I'm not sure a lot of people know about the sprinter from Belarus. And uh, I want to dive into that uh, a little bit later. But I want, you know, since we're talking baseball, we're going to have Chris Bosio on here pretty soon. I, I did want to talk uh, about the Astros and Dodgers game last night, which was uh, a phenomenal baseball game. And it was at Dodger Stadium last night. It was the first time that the Astros had visited Dodger Stadium since fans were allowed in the stadium 
going back to these two teams playing each other uh, in the 2017 World Series. Now, obviously, that was a great World Series. It was a World Series that was has been talked about, uh, you know, for the past couple years uh, because of everything that came out with the Astros and the cheating scandal, scandal, and the banging the garbage cans and the buzzers and all this other kind of stuff, you know, which led to the to the firing and in suspensions of of Astros, you know, AJ Hinch and and other people as well within that organization led them to fire AJ Hinch, hire Dusty Baker to clean everything up last year. And, uh, you know, these fans have not forgotten about this, even though it was four years ago. But there's a lot of elements that I want to talk about in, in this game, in this situation last night. Because if anyone who's been to Dodger Stadium or they've watched games at Dodger Stadium, you know the routine. You, 7-10 is first pitch. And usually you'll have maybe a quarter of the stadium filled. And then by about the third inning, it'll be fairly packed. And then once the seventh inning rolls around, after the seventh inning stretch, or after the Dodgers bat in the seventh, then people start you know, fleeing for the exits. This thing literally reminded me, and everybody that I know that, that watched it, a couple of people I know that were at the game last night, and then the announcers last night it portrayed it. It was a great situation because it was like a World Series game. Here we are at the beginning of August, and this game had the feel of a playoff game, a World Series game. It was the largest crowd of any game this season. 52,692 were in attendance at Dodger Stadium, and it was crazy. I mean, you would think that this was a Kurt Gibson game, or it was you know the Dodgers back in 2017, or even the last couple of years. Uh, it was the loudest I've ever heard a regular season game. Uh, the atmosphere and the tension was was so good, and it was so enjoyable. Now, of course, I enjoyed it because the Astros won three to nothing. Walker Bueller came into this game with his ERA under two, and with an eleven and one record, and it was just a well played game. It was a uh, a, a, an a, a pack, a action pack game, but the tension and to see Lance McCullers, who was going against Walker Bueller, uh, he had nine strikeouts, three walks, and and Dusty left him in the game into the eighth inning, even let him bat in the top of the eighth inning. And it was very unusual; we'd never see that in a regular season game. And then when uh, you know McCullers, you know you know got the leadoff guy on Maldonado goes out there, and McCullers is putting his his arms around Maldonado, like begging to stay in the game. Then Dusty came in a hitter later after he had runners at first and second. He didn't want to come out, and he had like 110 pitches. Bueller had over 110, 120 pitches as well, too. And it was it was unlike anything that I've seen in a regular season game or specifically at Dodger Stadium. Uh, then we had the nonsense that went with it. We had four delays because people were throwing the garbage cans. And of course, they don't show it on television, so you really don't know what's going on. There were a couple fights that broke out, and I counted like four delays. And then I've never heard a PA announcer ever say this before, especially at Dodger Stadium, where he just, you know, usually the PA announcer at Dodger Stadium is, uh, you know, like this, you know, now batting Justin Turner, you know, and he just said, please refrain from throwing objects on the field and using foul language, and just like caught everyone's attention is like, wow, what's, you know, what, what's going on here? But, uh, yeah, the, the booing happened every time Jose Altuve came up and, uh, Carlos Correa, but these Dodger fans, they really are. I'll use the word stupid because Jake Myers came up to pinch hit for the Astros in, in, in the ninth inning, Jake Myers. And they start booing this guy profusely. This guy is having his second career at bat, and they're booing him. It's like, boo the people. If you really go, go into, and want to be into that, then hit the guys that were there in 2017 that you felt that were guilty or whatever. And the Altuve, I get it. And the Correa, I get it. But guys like Michael Brantley, who's playing with Cleveland, why are, you, why are you giving him the business? And some of these other guys. I mean, I get it, your passion, this and that. But there really is a lot of stupidity with these fans. And then... It's just moronic to start fights. If you see people wearing Astros jerseys, and I saw guys walking in, and I'm going, oh, man, this guy's he's going to take his life in his own hands, people wearing Astros jerseys. But, again, this, the stupidity of some fans, the vulgarness, 
And, you know, Dodger Stadium has gone through this before. Remember, they beat the heck out of a Giants, you know, fan years ago. Yeah, almost killed them. Yeah. So, I mean, the tension was on the field, and the tension was in the stands last night. And by the way, that Giants fan, if I remember right, that was after that was at the end of a game when the Dodgers Correct. won. Correct. Correct. They won the game and yes. they acted like that. But yep. no, yeah, yep. it's almost like they're trying to make the blue hole or something like that. Like, right. like they want this, you know, it's like, you know what? You can spend $300 million or $3 billion or whatever it is on a payroll. It doesn't buy you class in the stands. And, and you said, stupid, I'm going to go classless. And yeah. the sad thing is, it's not every fan out there. And there's a lot of people, that, I'm sure a lot of the fans bringing their kids in that are going, look, we didn't come, we didn't sign up for this or whatever. But it only takes a few, and it only takes, you know, then you get a little alcohol in you too, and you do find somebody, and you find a target. And, and that's the kind of stuff. I remember going, we used to take road trips uh, when I followed the Blackhawks in Chicago. And we'd go up to Detroit or Minnesota or down to St. Louis and that. And, yeah, people would shout stuff at you and this and that. But even in, in, even in those venues, they weren't looking to throw it on and fight all the time and do stuff to you. There's no need for that. You should be able to go and cheer on your f- team and wear their jersey or whatever without having to worry of literally taking your life into your hands. Mm. But too many people today do that kind of stuff, and it, it ruins it for everyone. And I kind of applaud the TV stations for not showing it and that sort of thing. But at the same time, maybe you should a little bit. I'd like to see them show it, and I'd like to see on the police blotters and that how they were prosecuted and show that they're not just getting a slap on the wrist mm-hmm. or something like that. Because remember when the father-son team at Comiskey Park went out and attacked the Kansas City There's another space coach? Yep. And then what happened? They found out that they basically got a couple hundred dollar fine, and that was it. And they're like, that's not a deterrent. That's almost an incentive to, yeah, if you want to do that and you got a couple extra hundred bucks, go ahead and do it. They need to kick these people out. They need to make sure that they never get back in the stadium, and they need to throw some kind of harsh penalties against them because you can't allow this kind of stuff to go. They're talking about putting up screens all around the park to protect people from foul balls and bats that go into the stands and things like that. How about protecting people from the other people? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was totally r- ridiculous on, on that uh facet last night. So, yeah, here is, uh, here's some sound from Dodger Stadium last night. A lot to lose or gain for him this year. So there it is, yeah. <laughs> I've never really heard that in a baseball game, let alone Dodger Stadium before. I, I've definitely heard it at some hockey games and even football games oh, in sure. the past in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Where they, it, it was funny because at the old Chicago Stadium they used to say, please do not use language inappropriate for women and children. <laughs> and the men in the special orange jacket are off-duty Chicago police officers who will arrest and prosecute you if you get out of line or something. Yeah. That's when there used to be fights right. in the stands all the time at the Blackhawk yeah. games. But, but yeah, it's just and, – and, and, again, it's a sad state. And, and I, I'm all for cheering on your team and being really loud and, you know, and maybe even sometimes a little bit obnoxious. But you can't go over the line. I yeah. mean, you, you just shouldn't. I mean, show a little re- respect for the other people there as well. And if you see kids in that around you, have some class. And, and let me say this, too. Just throw out the disclaimer. I am not a Houston Astros fan. I was not rooting for the Houston Astros in 2017, 2018, 2019. And, and again, my friend is the manager there, and he took the job in 2020, and I wanted to see him do well. And they're having a great season this year. And like I said, and we had him on after he got hired, it was like he was the right guy for the job. And everybody it, it, you know, admits that. And it, it, it's a travesty in the sh- you know, we, we use, I'm not going to use the language, but the, the show that it was for him to take over that, that team in that situation. I mean, it was, it was asked a lot of him to do it and to basically clean up the garbage, uh, so to speak, you know, with, uh, with this situation. And they've, they've handled it well. And you can say what you want about Jose L. Tuve and, and, and Correa and, and, and some of these other guys that were on the team at that point in time. But let's remember something. This was four years ago. We're talking about 2017, that this Dodger-Astro thing. And there's no guarantee the Dodgers were going to you know, win this World Series if um, you know, 
the Astros weren't stealing the signs. And again, we can get in a whole discussion about this. This is what everybody has always done is stealing signs from, you know, the inception of baseball. And that's part of the gamesmanship. And I understand you bring in electronics or whatever. But the bottom line is it is still virtually impossible, even if you think you know a fastball is coming or a curveball, to, to hit it square to, to hit it right there and then hit it out of the park or whatever, have the ball drop. I mean, baseball is such a tough game to play as it is. But four years, these fans are still crying, yelling, screaming, and going to the extreme of throwing objects on the field, cursing at players, and trying to throw objects at players while they're on the field. It's ludicrous. It's insane. And again, this is... Four years ago, and and you're booing players that weren't even on that team. It just shows the ignorance here. But it just like when do you get by with it? it get away from this uh, this type of behavior. And I get it. If you are say a Yankee fan, where maybe you know the Astros beat you, you know going going into a World Series or something like that. Maybe even Cleveland. But people in San Francisco were doing the same thing. What do they have against the Houston Astros? I mean, nothing. Or a, a, the Houston Astros against you know another inter- interleague play team. You know, you go over and play Milwaukee or whatever it is. And and for these these fans just to to do all these things, they they weren't in direct competition with that. They didn't prevent you from advancing on or whatever. So again, it just seems uh, a little bit crazy that four years has gone by four seasons, and this kind of stuff is still going on. And again, I, I not that I'm an Astros fan. I'm not apologizing for the Astros at all because even when that happened with the cheating thing, it's like it, it, do, it doesn't phase me. And I don't understand why people take this so personal that, okay, you, you claim somebody was cheating, they got caught cheating or whatever, and it was sign-stealing, uh, and just like the people that went, went crazy about the steroids, you know, situations or the PEDs with, you know, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire and stuff. Uh, I don't get it. I, and, and to carry it on over and over, let it go. Well, our good friend Armando just sent me a text. Who's a Dodger fan, by the way? Yes. I know she sent you a text and not me. Said, I will never not boo the Astros, not going to forget. So you do have that passion out there in some yeah. people. But one thing that you said earlier, I it, it kind of caught my ear. And I thought it was almost comical. Okay. Because when you said, they're booing a guy who's only having a second at bat. Right. Or they're booing a guy that was in Cleveland. You expect the average Joe fan that has that mentality to actually do their homework and see who was on the team back then? Yes! Yes! That is not going to happen. Anybody in an Astro jersey or in the stands last night is going to get booed and harassed. But they don't do that, though, because they have gotten educated. You know why? Because people have pointed that out during the course of the last you know year and a half that, uh, hey, why are you going to boo this guy, not this guy? You know what I'm saying? So people, so when they go to the park, they are now educated Some about that. Some of them that. are, but not a lot of well, them, not all of them. But you notice, Jose Altuve steps to the well, plate. Well, some get louder boos because right. they were more in the yeah. limelight and this and but that. But some got, like, no boos. But then again, it's just ironic that you pick a guy like Jake Myers who's having his, you know, his second career at bat, and then they're going to boo him. Okay, if you're going to do that, then why don't you do, why don't you, do you know, Maldonado, you know, or, or somebody else uh, of, of, of that nature. Kyle Tucker, he was in the minor leagues. I Give do, it to him. I just think you're giving the fans way too much credit for doing their due diligence. I guess and I'm getting, you well, know. I, I'm supposed I, to expect I, the, you know, the ineptness I, I of I don't fan. see them bringing the, 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 the 2017 <laughs> roster and going, Oh yeah, yeah. He's fair game to boo. Up, oh, he wasn't on the team, so let's kind of. It's it's not going to happen. They're just they're booing when they want to boo, and the more alcohol they get in them, the more likely they are to boo whoever comes up. All right. Four years ago, Armando, give it up. Four years ago, there's no guarantee that the Dodgers were winning anyway. Wait, you mean there's no guarantee that if something happens in a game, so if Bartman wouldn't have done that thing, there's no guarantee that the Cubs would have won the World Series that year. Good point, right, Alex Gonzalez. <laughs> What happened to that ham and egger? <laughs> Jeez. Great point. Exactly. <laughs> Chris Bosio is going to join us. We are going to ask him what has happened to the team that he was 
on the coaching staff with, that 2016 team, even the 2017 team, they're all gone right now. They're gone. They're gone. I think there's like three <laughs> guys left from that team after the Cubs had said goodbye to Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, um, you know, Javi Baez, and, and, and several others. So, But none of those three guys left get booed at Wrigley Field. Yeah. yeah. What's going to happen when they come <laughs> back to Wrigley Field? It's standing O's for them, right? Probably. No doubt. You know, if it was hockey, they'd have a video tribute, but I don't think they can do that. They do have the new board up there. They do have the new now. board. Maybe it, they will. Who well, knows? They do Here's do video cr- tribute. You know, so. yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. Uh-huh. All right. We'll talk to Boz when we come back. Plus, we've got Olympics and NFL training camp. A whole lot more. Glad to have you here on this Wednesday. Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and lucky you. You're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Uh, that's gold, baby. Gold. Cubs theme going here? I don't know. I, our next guest uh, had heard this uh, play uh, hundreds of times. Probably even more than hundreds of times. We'll get his thoughts on that. Chris Bosio, the pitcher extraordinaire, and of course the pitching coach with that Cubs team of 2016. What's up, Boz? Sing along. What's up, TC? How you doing? I'm good, man. Numchuck's, uh, you know, playing playing the song. He actually thinks he's going to get a reaction out of you out of this song. What do you think? You better pack a lunch. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got to remember that, Numchuck. You know, it's like you know when guys leave an organization. You know, sometimes they don't want to be. You know, want to talk about it. They don't want to be reminded of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I hear you, boss. <laughs> I hear you, man. All right, I can still see Boz though. You know, getting dressed, putting up the putting on the pinstripe uh, every day. You know, there it is. Probably putting the chewing tobacco in there. There you go. I know you miss that, man. Throwing batting practice, getting line drives hit off your shin. You love that, don't you? You miss that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks for just being so talkative today, man. Come on, man. What's going on? Well, nowadays, he's busy teaching youngsters how to avoid getting those shots up the middle going off his shin guards. And stuff. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez. All right, man. Uh, let's talk about the Cubs moves here. Now, you called it. You said it was going to happen. You got Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. Javi Baez goes to the Mets. Chris Bryant goes to San Francisco. And what does Bryant do, of course, homers in his first game with the Giants on Sunday? Uh, that, uh, that was something special here. Uh, Boz, let's, let's take a look at, at these moves. And I know that uh, Jed Hoyer made some comments the other day as well, too. And it seemed like the Cub, you know, he's trying to, to paint the picture here that, you know, hey, we had to get rid of these guys. Not sure they had to, but he talked to each of them individually and wanted to put them in, I guess, places that they wanted to go and could possibly succeed at. So uh, just give me some feedback when you, when you heard the news and you knew it was coming, like we talked about before, but when it all actually went down last week, what were your thoughts? You know, it's crazy because I I swore if I ever got in that position again, I'd do everything I can try to make it succeed. And what I'm talking about was the 95 Mariners. That was one of the best teams that I've ever been on. And that followed a strikier team in 94 when we had no World Series. Mm-hmm. We came back, got into the playoffs, and all of us were like, please don't break this up. You know, we got a good thing going. If anything, add another starting pitcher, another bat. We traded Tino Martinez and Jeff Nelson to the Yankees. And I remember Jeff Nelson calling me, crying. I'm like, I'm like dude, what are, you, what are you crying about? He's like, are you kidding me? You got a good thing going here. And I'm like, I get it, but you're probably going to end up winning three or four World Series rings. And he did. He won four. Right. And it's bittersweet because as a Chicago Cubs starting in the lean years, in 2012, when I first signed the contract, 13, first season, we knew what we were going to do. We knew we had to get all our veterans hot, give them cupcake schedules, if you will, the term Theo used, because match them up, we're the best where we can win these guys. And you know what? It worked out beautifully. We got, we got big hauls for, for Dempster and Garza and 
I mean, you know, Paul Mahomes. Right. Scott Feldman. Soriano was uh, there when you were there, too. Soriano. Right? Yeah. 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 Castro. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy what we had done in, in really a short period of time. And to get all the draft picks and then to sign a couple of free agents. In the 2015 team, when we lost to the Mets, we were a better team than the 2016 team. The thing the 2016 team was is we learned from our mistakes on how to play in cold weather. That's what got us all the way through, through the rain delay against Cleveland. But as far as the players go, I'm not surprised at all. This is just, you know, just a little smidge of what these guys are going to do this year because all of them are going to be in the playoff hunt. Watch and see what the boys do when it comes their time. These guys were groomed for this. They were raised for this. And now they're going to do it with other clubs. You know, Boz, you look at, we talk about Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, and then let's even go back, you know, to last year, you know, Kyle Schwarber leaves, John Lester, a guy obviously, you know, was on your staff, uh, Dexter Fowler. When you look at this roster now, I believe the number is there are three guys left from that World Series team in 2016. And this is is got to be a shock to Cubs fans, especially you know the younger Cubs fans, because they don't they don't know the torture that the Cubs fans went through before the 108 years. Pretty much, they know you know the, the the good life of the last you know five, six, seven years, and it. I think if you're a diehard Cubs fan, you're going to think like I do, like, well, maybe they might not get back here again. Maybe they might not get back to a World Series again because it is so hard to win a World Series. Give me your thoughts about looking at this roster now compared to the roster it was when you left. Not even even close. We had established veteran players on that team when I, when we took over, but no prospects. They think they've got top prospects. Top prospects, what is that going to give you, a minor league award? Mm-hmm. It's a difference between having major league players that sometimes get rushed in certain organizations that are succeeding, but they're not missing on their draft. It's not keep my guy in the system for five years so we can build him up so the sixth year – now he's a minor league free agent if it doesn't work out. You know, it, it's, it's really it's a 180-degree difference for me compared to what was to what is now because they don't, they don't have the prospects like we had coming up with Contreras and Baez and Chorber and Hendricks and Happ. We did, and, and Caratini, they don't have that in the system. They've already come out and said it. Their top catching prospects, who they thought was number one, one is hitting, is hitting two ten. Well, and one of the dangers with the prospects too is, and and I know that you know this very well, Chris. Is you know prospects don't always pan out. You know, sometimes you're looking for gold and you find fool's gold there. And as you mentioned, that team that you had, when you bring prospects up, but you also have that veteran leadership and that winning attitude in a clubhouse, and that that goes a long way. Part of being a young prospect is learning how to win, and if you're in an organization and a team that doesn't have that right now, it makes the job a lot harder. You know, it's it's interesting. I was actually thinking about this last night. I don't know if it's a slap in the face or a pat on the back being known for an organization that's good in the trade but bad in the draft. That's a good point. That, that, that is a good point. I mean, you look at that team we're talking about, the three guys, Contreras, yeah. Hendricks, Hayward. That's all that's left. That's it. And that is strange. I mean, unless you're maybe the Florida Marlins because they were famous for that. You know, having to dump those salaries, you know, after they won a World Series, but but to have only three guys and you know less than than four seasons removed or five seasons removed, that that seems a little crazy, especially when you fought so hard to get to to get to this spot. So let me ask you, and we were talking about this yesterday. I want to get your take on this. How far away 
do you think the Cubs are to basically, I don't want to use the, the term relevant, but let's just say, you know, being a World Series contender again. Are they close or are they a, a million miles away? I'm not going to say a million, but they're years. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk very, years. I don't. Do I don't know. TC. They're a ways away. Yeah, they are right yeah. because there's so many teams right now with young talent that have better talent than them. And their their thing is this. Okay, we signed Bryant. We signed Baez. That costs us 400 million. Is that really worth that when we could have? maybe between them, five or six prospects. Now prospects, not prospects. Like the whole, you know, like Washington got. Number one, number two, number nine. Those are top prospects. Getting a 27, a 28, a 30, those aren't top prospects. Those are throw-ins. And that's, it's amazing to me. And I know this is a walk here. It's amazing. I can't believe that the White Sox gave up on Madrigal. Right? Yeah. You never see you never see that. You never never see that. Remember remember last year the big trade thing was the international money? Right. Now this year it's well, we're going to trade you guys that were just recently drafted in the top 10. Yeah, and Nick Madrigal, Nick Madrigal, a, a Elk Grove slash Sacramento guy, yeah. who was, I mean, rookie of the year, you know, candidate there, and was just phenomenal with a team that's, you know, playing well. They have a lot, a lot of good parts. I don't know why you would part with a guy that soon in his career, and, and that and that is a great point. And again, it just makes you wonder sometimes what's going on with some of these guys in their mind in the front in the front office there. I don't get that at all, and there's a lot of moves I don't, I don't get at all. And you know, with the Cubs, okay, fine. You want to break up that team, and you could probably make the argument that okay, everything, you know, kind of went right. And you've said it yourself in that 2016. You guys are better in 2015, and you know, you didn't know. You know, Baez had all kinds of talent in, in the world, but then again, you know, he had snafus, and there's questions about him defensively and everything. But it's like everything fell into place. And, you know, the strikeouts and that sort of thing. But with the Cubs, it's like maybe they really didn't have the right chemistry, the right mix. I mean, you probably know better than anybody. I mean, you know what that clubhouse was like uh, in those years that you were there. We never should have made changes after winning the World Series. Right. You know, I mean, we, we got right back to the National League Championship Series. You know, in 17, and then all of a sudden now our our manager, you know, wanted to make some changes, and he, and that's his, that's his thing. He wanted to do it, but isn't it funny how literally three years after that, we they haven't won a division title since. Yeah, and they're not they're not they're not any closer. Yeah, players are gone. He's gone. You're gone. Everyone's gone. Yeah, and now, like I said, they are they are years away from from contending. Chris Bazio joins us, the former pitcher and, of course, pitching coach with that Cubs team in 2016. Boz, I want to talk to you about the Dodgers getting Max Scherzer here, a guy you know pretty well, too, and competed against him for many of those years. Um, and then today we get news that uh, the Dodgers get Cole Hamels at age 37. Hamels has been injured. You know, he had shoulder and uh, triceps injuries, pitched one game with the Braves last year. You look at this, uh, you know, Dodgers rotation, and now you look at it, and Max Scherzer will take the mound for the first time as a Dodger tonight. I mean, a lot of these trades look weird. Bryant in a Giants uniform, Scherzer in a Dodgers uniform, especially all those battles between Washington and the Dodgers during his time there. Uh, and even when he was with Arizona for a while as well, too, battles against the Dodgers. Uh, what do you think about the Dodgers right now? Tough to go against Mad Max. I mean, I, I had the privilege of coaching him in the All-Star game in 17. He was our starting pitcher. I, I've never seen a warm-up skit like <laughs> it in my life. Screaming and yelling and just getting ranting and raving. I mean, I, I saw Randy Johnson. I've seen Nolan Ryan. I would literally watch him, yes, because back in the old Texas team, the mounds were on the fields, people. And a lot of people are going, what are you talking about mounds on the field? 
Well, when we played, there were mounds on the field. You could watch these guys warm up. And to watch Nolan Ryan warm up before a game, it was it was one of the top five things in my baseball life to watch. Max Scherzer in the All-Star game, I'll put him in the top ten. Yeah. Because it was just it was intimidating to watch and I could relate to him. I wanted to, I wanted to hand him a bottle of water because I thought he was thirsty. He goes, don't buttercup me. Put the bottle down. <laughs> this is don't an all-star game. Me. And I've seen yeah. that in Washington, what you're talking about during a regular season game or a playoff game, but this is an all-star game you're talking about. And he's still, I, I know. I know. And then he, then he's throwing 95 to 98 walks off the mound as his inning's done, and we're like, hey, good job, good job, good job. And he looked at me, he goes, I I hope I didn't hurt your feelings down there. And I go, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I should have beat that one out, but. That was no was inc- job, not yours. Incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. You know, and I have a lot of respect for him. That in itself, I mean, <laughs> The master of the obvious, the Dodgers will win the World Series. You know, because of him and what he's going to mean in meaningful games down the stretch, meaningful playoff games. Now they can slot him. Oh, yeah, now they got another guy who's good for about six starts a year, and you get him for the end of the year. They're going to come up with a clause with that where you can't do this anymore after this one. Yeah, good riddance, Trevor Bauer. By the way, too. Yeah, Max Scherzer, Trevor Bauer. See you later. Hey, by, yeah. by the by the way, I found it interesting too because Scherzer just made a statement because you know there there was so many reports that he was going to San Diego, and Scherzer has come out and said you can't always fall for Twitter. Rumors are rumors until you actually get the phone call. So the fact that Twitter was going off, but I hadn't gotten the phone call. I knew somebody else was probably still in the weeds. Uh, that's that's according to Scherzer. I found it yeah. interesting that not only did San Diego, all the reports who was going down there, not only did they, they not get him, but the Dodgers, who seem to don't care how much money they spend on payroll, they're the team that got him. It, it's beautiful. It really is. I mean, in, in the media now, you know, you can you could be – just an ordinary guy ordering a beer at Murphy's Pub in Chicago, and you could start a rumor. And you could get people just to add on and add on and add on. And there's no truth to the rumor, but that's the power of Twitter. That's the power of the social media, and it's dangerous. But now clubs are utilizing this to their advantage, like the Dodgers. Everybody knows the Dodgers are going to wait. Yankees can't. Of their payroll, Dodgers don't care. They do not care. It's obvious they don't care. But you get to get a guy like Mad Max, a Hall of Fame pitcher, and bring him in, kind of like the Albert Pujols thing. There's no, there's no downside. You're getting a Hall of Famer. They picked up two Hall of Famers after the All-Star break this year. Who can do that? The Dodgers. It's amazing to watch the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. You guys are right. It's amazing to watch, you know, how this superpower, it really works. Because it's, it's something to talk about every day. It's amazing. It's just amazing how they let it happen. But you know what? Who, who's going to stop them? Right. And they take care of the players. They're wonderful to the families. I mean, this is a first-class organization. Top to bottom. They do it the right way all the way through the minor leagues. Except the fans, Boz. If we were watching the Astros-Dodgers game last night, we're not going to say the fans are in Dodger uh, wearing the Dodger blue were, were class acts last night, right? But the right? fans aren't part of the organization. That's true. <laughs> good point. Good point. Good point. All right, man. Hey, you know, it's, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's just the superpowers. You know, I, I knew the Rizzo thing was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be Boston, but I, you know, I, Rizzo came out and said, "Oh my God, I grew up a a Yankee fan." And there was a picture of him in a Yankee little league Yankee uniform that his mom and dad took, and I guess that just went freaking nuts. And then that deal was done. And Schwarber, they did a side by side picture of Schwarber and Babe Ruth. <laughs> They're the same, same 
it's crazy how they, they correlate this. And then, of course, Bryant has to be a giant. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. All right, boss. I'm heading to Houston tomorrow, man. I need uh, – give me a go-to spot. I need food spots right now. Houston, uh, you've been there many times. Uh, Bring it. Man, there's, Come on. There's a barbecue place right around the corner from the Marriott. I don't – I can't remember the name of the butter. I'm sorry. That that, that that's that's my spot. What uh, Papa Deuces or something like that? Is that is that the Papa one? Deuce. Papa, pa- Papa Deuce. Papa Deuce. Papa Deuce. That's, that's it. it. Papa Deuce. Yep. So Good I've, job. You're like the third person that is like recommended that, and uh, close to the ballpark, it's it's solid. You're, you're telling me it's solid. Yeah, it's solid. You can't go wrong there. Oh, there you go. All right. Got anything else for me, man? You got a different genre for me? Anything else? I got all of this. Just be safe out there, my friend. Safe travels and give Dusty a big knuckle for me, will you, please? Oh, no doubt. Automatic, my friend. Automatic. All right. All right, brother. Be good, man. Continue and uh, keep keep working uh, those kids with the fastball, okay? <laughs> you know it. All right, brother. High and tight, low and away. There it is. And avoid those liners up the middle. That's right, brother. That's it. <laughs> feel That's your it. position, boss. Tell these guys to feel their position like you did. Well, TC, you are Chuck and Ducker. <laughs> I was going to say us. I was going to say like me, like us. But, of course, Sorry. i got to open myself up to get on the Chuck and Ducker. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get any, nothing on that. No love on the drums, nothing. So it wasn't that good. Yeah. Wait a minute. There's a delay. We'll take it. Yeah. It, uh, all, all right, you guys. Yeah. Take it easy. Just like the delay we needed with your F-bomb. It never showed up. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right. By the way, do you have to field your position like you used to with the shift and everything today? Isn't the shortstop behind you? If the, oh, sure. That's <laughs> the good lefty's point. up, the yeah. second baseman, oh, if his yeah. right hander's up. Yeah. No, it is, it is pretty crazy. <laughs> it does irritate me to see pitchers who cannot field a position and they just don't. One hopper's back to the mound and they're letting him go. What do you think it does to a guy like Greg oh. Maddox with his 18 gold gloves or whatever? Exactly. He's got to be looking at it going, baseball 101. It's just, it's just amazing how they will work all the time in spring training and even off days about the pitchers covering first, which that's cool. But how about fielding the ball first? Can you deal that first? You know another guy who it must drive really crazy? Jim Abbott. Yeah. I mean, they used yes. to bunt on this guy. He yes. had one arm, and he yes. learned to field his position and throw in that kind of e- stuff. Exactly. When he, see, he must be going, you have two arms. Catch the ball. And remember, moving the glove from one hand yeah. to the other. Yeah, put it under his armpit. Yeah, and, and, yeah. They, they, he, he could field his position. Yes, he could. All right, appreciate uh, Chris Bazio for joining us. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk with... Brian Salmon, Adam Joseph's going to join us, get some uh, Houston tips. Plus, we got NFL training camp with the Raiders and a whole lot more. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank on a wild Wednesday.